Now, are you ready for God this morning? Are you ready for something this morning? Are you ready for God to touch you this morning? All right. Lift up your right hand and just speak in the language of the Holy Ghost and say, Father, touch me. Speak to me. Do something new in my life. Do something new in my life. Gadibali andoshaya. Benda vili gadoshe. Lantene mekadia branda skivali anika andali abayala batai. Zedede brinde skadili abayala batai. Mandon dene megadia branda skivali ando santali abayala bate. Landa vini gadaya madwanda vini gadia mayanda aligadosa. Latinde ekadi ando tali abia talote kadia aparia. Mando skande kandalama. Randa vo mantavia adiga. Lente velegado tande velegadia apayada. Mende velegado sandali amaya. Leli Ania, Ali Ano, Talia Abari, Ani Kaluta Bayala Mama, Manda Teba, Teba, Taya, Letandi Bayala Mata, Leli Ande Baro, Daviri Anabalo, Talia Paya, Letanduri Ande Kaya, Bayana Likadi Abaya, Lena Menegadia Brandam Bali Anayamata, Leli Ande Mako. Dia dema lo dia paya la mata anda lukaya landa maya la mado sandele mega dia paya la baba raba dondo bono motandele mene maya la mada mekande na maya la mama randa mini gadola motandele mene maya la matanda li baya daba hey sada thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus thank you God Amen. Are you ready? All right, Luke chapter 3. Uh-huh. Only one person sounded like he was ready. Only one person sounded like he was ready. Are you ready? Yes. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse 15. It's good to be here. I've missed you. Now, if you are here and at least one facilitator has been a blessing to you, clap your hands for them. At least one. By the end of the year, one of the facilitators is not going to be in this room with us. A person will be outside this country. I saw one of the facilitators will not be in the country with us. Luke chapter 3 verse 15. And as the people were in expectation, are you in expectation this morning? As the people were in expectation, all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he was the Christ or not. Verse 16, John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, 
but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. We are all on his floor. And he will gather the wheat into his garner, into his storehouse, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. I'm speaking on what I've called fresh baptism. Now, when they give me the title, I like to add my title. Today, I won't add anything. Fresh baptism. Hallelujah. The Bible is telling us about a man who was baptizing. And everybody was in expectation of something that was supposed to happen in Israel's time. There was an expectation of a Messiah. There was an expectation of somebody who would be specially anointed by God, specially graced by God to come out and do things that they were believing that God would do for them. And as much as they were expecting a political leader, like a president or a military leader, God was sending an anointed human being who was not going to be the leader they expected, but who was going to give them exactly what they needed. You may have come with an expectation of what you want God to do for you. Like Mr. Bijou said, you are expecting a, a shoe. You are expecting some money. But God may not necessarily answer that, but he will give you the thing that will give you the shoe. He will give you the thing that will give you the money. He will give you the thing that you need, not what you want. And the Bible is saying that they were in expectation of that. And so they all began to wonder, is this the person we have been waiting for? This baptism was a baptism of water. John was born to Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1. And the circumstance of his birth was through a divine encounter. And now this John that has been born grows up. And can you imagine a 13-year-old, 14-year-old? He's growing up. He's growing up to know the things of the Jewish culture. And at some point he says, I can't wear what everybody is wearing. I can't eat what everybody is eating. I'm feeling very uncomfortable in the Jewish culture, so I'm going to change my attire. I will wear goat skin, and I will eat locusts, and I would rather be more comfortable in a desert chasing God. And he goes there, and by virtue of his staying with God and relating with God, he is transformed into a different kind of human being. And he begins to speak over Israel and everybody in Israel is running to him for repentance. So John's baptism is a baptism to turn away from the things we used to do in the past. This morning I pray that you will run to Jesus and turn away from the things you used to do in the past. He comes, they come to John. But the way John carries fire the way John carries grace, the way John is anointed, everybody is expecting that by all means, this one is the Messiah. So they come to John and they are wondering, 
And John knows what they are wondering. They come to ask him. And John says, I am not the one coming. Hallelujah. He tells them, I am not the one you should be expecting. Yes, I am anointed. Yes, I am powerful. Yes, I am great. Yes, I can heal the sick. Yes, I can prophesy. Yes, when I preach, people stand and clap. Yes, when I'm on the pulpit, when I am standing and I am speaking, everybody can sense the fire. But I am not the one coming. This morning, I'm here to announce to somebody, the way John was not the one coming, there are men of God that we have seen. There are great people that we have experienced. There are people of great power that we have encountered. They are not the ones who are going to bring the revival. Oh. Yes, they are great. Yes, they are powerful. Yes, we have seen them do mighty things for God. Yes, the dead have even come back to life. But Jesus said, greater works than this shall you do. And I'm here to prophesy to somebody sitting here. You are the one we are waiting. I'm here to speak to somebody sitting down here. That you are the one that the world is waiting for. You are the one that Calvary Temple is waiting for. You are the one that Accra is waiting for. You are the one that Ghana is waiting for. You are the one, you are the one, you are the one, you are the one. You are the one that Africa is waiting for. You are the one that the world is waiting for. And this is what John said. There is somebody coming. If you think that I am great, the person coming. You see, in the Jewish system, your lowest job as a servant will be to remove the shoes of your master. That was the lowest job. And John is saying, the one coming, I am the one who is worthy of the lowest job. I am the one who will do the lowest thing. Can I tell you something? The person he was talking about was Jesus. And when Jesus was speaking, he said when it comes to the kingdom, nobody has been greater born of a woman than John the Baptist. But he acknowledged what John said. And he said, but when it is this kingdom that I am the king, John is the lowest. I prophesy over somebody this morning. You are about to be a greater one after great ones have come. You are about to be a greater one than after these great ones have come and passed. I speak over somebody's life that you have seen Coca-Cola as a multi-million dollar company. You are about to build a billion, multi-billion dollar company. You may have seen churches that are big. You are about to build the largest church in the world. 
you have seen schools that are big you are about to build a massive university for God you may have seen things that may have been bigger than you but you are rising to do bigger you are rising to do better you are rising to do greater but the thing that John said was that this person coming called Jesus is not just going to bring a rulership, an authority. He is going to do what I am doing. I am baptizing, he will baptize. But I am baptizing with water. But he will baptize with the Holy Ghost. He will baptize with the Holy Ghost and he will baptize with fire. That is what will make him the master over the one baptizing with water. The word to baptize means to immerse. So when they came to John for baptism, John will take them and immerse them in the water and bring them out. He is saying that the one coming, when he finally comes and fulfills his purpose, he will take people and immerse them in the Holy Ghost. And he will immerse them in fire. I don't know if you are here this morning. It also means to dip inside repeatedly. Meaning that the way you see baptism in the name of the Father inside one, the name of the Father inside two, the name of the Father, the Son inside two, the name of the Holy Spirit inside three. Hallelujah. So it means that baptism would occur multiple times. You will be dipped repeatedly. This is camp meeting we have had day one baptism. And yesterday, we had day two baptism. Eugene shouldn't hide behind the glass. I've seen him already. We have had day two baptism. This morning is day three baptism. But there is a part of that baptism, the word baptizo, there is a portion of it. Because by the grace of God, I'm studying Greek small. I'm looking at Greek small. And there is a part of that word which means overwhelm. It is not just I am dipping in you inside and immersing you in the water. And it is not just that I'm immersing you multiple times. It's also saying when you are coming out, oh no, 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 good life. <laughs> you know what it means when you were coming for the baptism you were walking straight Ogboro, big man you are 13, 14 and you think you are on top of the world <laughs> yeah it's me coming because you are an usher it's me coming yeah the word says when he takes you and dips you inside. When you come out, you will not come out the way you went in. 
you will be overwhelmed. You see how? Stacy, come. Have you been baptized before? Oh, sit down. Have you been baptized before? Have you been baptized before? You've been baptized before. What happened when you came out of the water? You were... You were little then, so you don't remember. They sprinkled it on you. Who has been baptized? So have you been baptized before? Not when you were little. Auntie Delfina, you've been baptized. Eh? When you got out of the water, what did you do first? Aha! Let's assume there was even no salt. When you are dipped in water and are coming out, it's like... <laughs> this morning, eh? By the time we finish this meeting, <laughs> it's called being overwhelmed. The way you are, it's not the way you will be. So the thing that you struggled with before, is not what you will struggle with when you come out of the water. The thing that you will fight before the water is not the same thing you will fight when you are coming out. Because you will be dazed. You will not understand what is happening. You will be overwhelmed. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Miniano, Miniano. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? The thing about it is that John was the official baptizer at that time. Official baptizer. He, he was certified. To be baptizing. So he was the one going around baptizing. People will come to him and he will baptize. Then all of a sudden, he is saying, somebody is going to come. And I pray for the men of God of this generation. That their eyes will open. And their spirits will open. And they will be willing and humble enough to accept. That there is a 10 year old. That in 20 years time, that 10 year old will do five times what he has done. I pray for that generation that their spirit will be able to accept it and not fight it. That in 15 years time, there is a 23 year old that will come out. And when he is prophesying, he will be seeing it like milk and water. I pray that that generation would open their hearts to receive it like John received it. That there is a 15 year old somewhere that is about to walk in a dimension that they have not seen before because our God cannot be limited and the generations and the things in God have not been expelled yet. The things in God are not finished. God is bigger than what we think and I pray that the generation of men of God, the generation of archbishops, the generation of bishops, the generation of reverence may their spirits receive it may their spirits handle it that there is a 25 year old somewhere that is going to walk in a dimension and that pastor, that man of God may have to kneel down for the next generation coming then you say that I am not ready to baptize you, you must be baptizing me, may that generation be ready to receive a next level may that generation be ready to receive the next fire. May that generation be ready to receive the next businessman. Be ready to receive the next professor. 
And how is that thing going to happen? He said, suffer it to be so for now. Listen. They may not be around whilst you are being baptized. But this morning, you will receive a fresh baptism. What he said was, I am the baptizer, I am the official baptizer. But a fresh baptism is coming. A fresh baptism is coming. The thing that they were baptized with, it has come. But there is a greater baptism coming. There is a greater anointing coming. There is a greater fire coming. And that fire is starting this morning. And if you believe it, give a shout of praise to God. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Who is qualified for this baptism? If fresh baptism is coming, some people are already thinking, oh, me dear, <laughs> I'm not part. I'm not a monk. Because you think that it is the intercessors who have been praying that should get it. You think that it is those who know how to stand and clap that should get it. Hey, me dear, me the quiet time, I'm still learning, so me, I'm not part. Me the prayer, if I pray five minutes, I'm tired. I want to sleep. Those who have been praying 30 minutes, 45 minutes, they are the ones who are supposed to get the baptism. Okay. Uh, there is something about God which I would announce to you. It's called the impartiality of God. Hmm? It is called the impartiality of God. It simply means because for those who, did, who went to certain schools, let me break it down for you. Impartiality means the person is not partial. In other words, they don't favor one person above another. Mm. It's a difficult concept to accept as human beings because we human beings, we are partial. It's too much. Some of you are here. Your parents like your younger sister more than you. I didn't say come and remove your house matter here. Some of you, when you are in class, you can see that the teacher likes Ajua more than you. Ah. It's Pasha. Can I say this one? Because after here I'll run away. Maybe there are some facilitators you know that this they like this one more than me. As for Pasha, Pasha is everywhere. Everywhere. Every you 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 cry that you are sitting here. You are saying hey, the facilitators they are like that is true. You cry when you like girls crying, it's Pasha. Hey. Hey. The, the ladies are there. He said, I, I, I want the man tall. I want him, I, I want him handsome. I, I, I like him dark. So, so, so the short ones, what do you, what do you expect? Even you sitting here, you are a young girl. If they give you 10 CDs, oh, but what is this? Why do I should mommy give me 10 CDs? It's not nice, 10 CDs. The uncle will come and give you 200 notes. 
So even money that you get, you are partial. Everybody is partial one way or another. Hmm? Everybody is partial. You like certain schools more than other schools. Hmm? So naturally, because we are all partial, we think that God too is partial. That he chooses certain people and does not like certain people. So he will use certain people and he will not use certain people. I want to show you something. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 17. I believe the people who are holding, who are controlling the scriptures are fast. I want to show you something and then we'll pray. Deuteronomy 10 17. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes bribe. It means that you can't even pay God for him to become partial. You can't. God sees everybody the same. You cannot pay him to make him partial. Second Chronicles 19 verse 7. Second Chronicles 19 verse 7. Are we there? Now therefore, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord God, nor partiality, nor taking of bribes. Have you seen it there? So once again, it's saying God is not partial. Acts chapter 10 verse 34. Acts chapter 10 verse 34. There is no partiality with God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Are you there? Romans chapter 2 verse 11. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. For there is no partiality with God. Say it with me. For there is no partiality with God. Are you there? Are you there? Galatians 2 6. Galatians 2 6. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. He's talking about those that think they are something. They, they come and they, they, they think they are. They, they, my father has money. Eh? Those people. Eh? My father has money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about those people. Your father's money is not your money. Whatever they were, it makes no difference. God shows personal favoritism to no man for those who seem to be something are death nothing to me so if you think you are something humble yourself humble yourself Ephesians chapter 6 verse 9 Ephesians chapter 6 verse 9 And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, I have given you six scriptures that say one thing. When God is choosing, he doesn't choose this one and leave this one. When God is choosing people to use he doesn't choose one and leave the other. 
When God wants people to anoint, he won't say, I like this one, I don't like this one. When he's looking for people to give money, he didn't say, I like this one, I don't like this one. So why are we seeing the partiality? Why are some people far and some people behind? When he said, come and know me, why is that some know God more than others? Did he choose it to be like that? The Bible says in a matter of two or three, for the witnesses of two or three, a matter is established. These are six scriptures. Six to show that God is not partial. And if you want to look at it critically, two are Old Testament and four are New Testament. It means that after Jesus died, if God was not even partial in the Old Testament, now after Jesus has died, I'm entering your minds now. I'm entering your minds now. Because many times when we hear things, like what I just preached, we say, oh, amen. <laughs> but it's not for me. Yes. We are happy to shout the amen. But when we are sitting down there, we say, oh, Amen, no, but I'm too young. When did God decide to look at age? Oh, amen. But we there, there's no pastor in my family. Oh, amen. But me, I'm not part. Where does that separation come from? It comes from our minds. You are telling yourself that you are not part. Are you here? Tell yourself I'm part. Tell yourself, I am included. You are included and you qualify. You qualify. But what is causing the separation? Why are people far and some behind? Why does it look like there is partiality? I'm going to answer that. Should I tell you why? Should I tell you why? Are you ready to know why? The reason is faith. 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 If you believe it, it will become real to you. If you don't believe it, it will not be real to you. Look at this. When it comes to salvation, John 3.16, let's say it together. For God so loved, hold on, the world is how many? Seven billion plus. For God so love who? Is that everybody? Is that partiality? That he gave? That what? Okay. Whosoever. Did he select some people? Is it partial? Okay. When it comes to healing... Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Healing how many? All. Is that partiality? When it comes to the Holy Spirit, one of my favorite scriptures, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, I will pour out my spirit upon... Some people can say it. Upon who? Is there partiality in that one? 
Okay. So if the partiality is from our minds, then this is how we deal with it. We build our faith. Yesterday, we were told to dare to believe. Dare to believe because you, are, you qualify for it. Hallelujah. You fight the fight of faith. What is happening to you is the devil attacking your faith. What is happening to you is the devil attacking your faith. That's why he will come and do chi 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 in your ears. He said, you are going to be great. Oh. Oh, you. That's where you were born. You are going to be great. The people that were born in hospital, they are not saying they will be great. You. But I thank God that the greatest of the greatest was born in a manger. The devil will come and will be doing chi 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 in your ears. Even in this meeting. I'm saying that God is not partial, but in this meeting, I hear Oh God, he's not partial, but who? <laughs> you, the school that you went to, have you seen a great person come out of the school before? You are receiving it, but you are hearing the The devil is fighting your faith. Another thing that is fighting your faith is you are looking for signs. You want to see something first before you believe. You want to see, hey, it's true. When he came, he mentioned my name, called me out and said, hey, you are the great one. Before you start believing that you are great. Let me announce to somebody, whether your name is called or not, you are part of the great people. You are part of the anointed people. God has not been partial. Once you are in this room, you are part of the great people. You are part of the anointed people. And the final one that is fighting your faith, I want to show it to you. Luke chapter 24, verse 11. Luke chapter 24, verse 11. And then we'll pray. Write it down and then look at the screen. Look at the screen. This is very important. Are you here? Clap for Jesus if you are here. Look at it. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what an idle tale is? Do you know what an idle tale is? Okay, what is a tale? A story. A story, right? A tale is a story. What does it mean to be idle? Unproductive, you are bored, you are lazy, it's, it's just there. It's unimaginative, you are just relaxed. When we say idle tales, it means a boring story. A boring story. This is what is affecting our faith. Many of us. Faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. So the words came to them. Look at it too. The words came. Because we assume that just by the words coming, it means that faith will come. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. True or not? Uh -huh. But the words came to their ears. Their words came to their minds. But when the words came, 
there was something that they did to the words coming. When the word came, they saw it like a boring story. Nursery rhymes. Bedtime story. When the word was coming, they took it as it's one of those things. Mr. Bijou is saying, believe in God. You will be great. Have your quiet time. God wants to speak to you. It's a story. It's a story. There have been great people here that have left this place and become greater. It's a story. For you, it's a story. A boring story. And that's what we are doing to the Bible too. This Bible. When we hear that Jesus can heal the sick, it's a story. When we hear that Jesus can raise the dead, it's a boring story. When we hear that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above, for you, you listen to it and you say, oh, <laughs> the days for those things have passed. And it's a story. It's a fairy tale to you. And you, you, you believe in Rihanna. You believe in Jay-Z. Because those ones are real for you right now. You can see them. I want to announce to somebody this morning. The things of God are not a story. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a story. When he says you can prophesy, it is not a story. When he says you can go far, it is not a story. When, it's, when preaching is coming from this pulpit, it is not a story. And if you stop seeing it as a story, then you would have faith in it. And if you have faith in it, then you will start to see it happen in your life. I prophesy to somebody this morning that may the word of God not be a story to you. May the things of God not be a story to you. May the power of God not be a story to you. May the grace of God not be a story to you. May it not be something that you will cut yourself from. May it be something that you would experience. Something that you would encounter. Rise on your feet. How many people can say that they used to see it like story? Be honest. How many people can say it? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. That the things when the preaching is coming, when they are reading the Bible, you see it like a story instead of seeing it as the truth of God's word. Raise your hand. Uncle Bishu, look at the hands. Look at the hands. This is what is troubling the preaching. And because you see it like a story, you don't have faith for it. But this morning, it is not a story anymore. This morning, it is reality. The only way you would encounter God and experience God in a unique way is if you move away from seeing it as a story. God is going to use you to anoint. God is going to use you to heal. God is going to use you to bless. God is going to use you to lift. God is going to make you a millionaire. God is going to make you a generation, a new generation. We have about 15 minutes to close but I want you to put your right hand on your heart 
and say, Father, today, I move from your word being a story to being reality. Make that decision in your heart. That when it is told me, I will not see it as a story. I'll see it as your truth. I'll see it as your truth. I'll see it as your truth. Talk to God. Just talk to God in your heart. Say, Father, I will see your word as my truth. It won't be a story to me anymore. What you have said is what will be true to me. What you have said will be my reality. If you said there is a fresh baptism, it will be a reality to me today. If you have said there is something you can do with my life, I will believe it as truth. If you said there is some great thing you can do for me, I will take it. And make that decision in your heart today and say, I am part. I am included. I am included. It's not a story. God is not partial. This time I am part of the anointing. This time I am part of the next level. This time I am part of the grace. This time I am included. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was a peer facilitator, but I saw it as a story. Maybe when they were telling me the things, I saw it like it was a tale, like it didn't really mean much. But this time I say, Lord, I am part of it. I am part of it. I am part of it. Yes, Lord, I am included. Yes, Lord, I am also called. Yes, Lord, I am also included. It's not about my age. I am part. I am part. I am part. This time I am part of the grace. This time I am part of the goodness of God. This time I would also be anointed. This time the power of God will be for me. For me, not for others. For me. This time I will be included. Make that decision in your heart. limiting wall your parents have told you you not amount to anything you will not go far in our family we don't go far but God is not partial the family that has gone far is the same God that took them there and is the same God that will take you far too there is no separation there is no difference if some people can get first class you can get first class if some people can prophesy you can prophesy if some people can heal you can heal if some people can get a good school you can get a good school if some people can go outside the country to study you can go outside the country to study if some people can get ten ones nine ones eight ones then you too you can get some there's no partiality and in the next 10 minutes lift up your hands everybody lift up your hands everybody if you read Acts chapter 2 very clearly you will see that the power of the Holy Ghost does not move when it is holy noise. But the Bible says that they were in the upper room and they were sitting down quietly. 
And the only noise that came was from the Holy Spirit and was from wind. And then suddenly, he filled all of them and anointed them. It was a baptism. It was a baptism. It was a baptism. Look at it happening. Close your eyes, everybody lift up your hands. I will not, but look at the anointing. If you believe you are part, just open up your heart and take it. You believe that God is not partial, then he is ready to anoint you too. But it is up to you to take it. It's up to you to not see it as a story. That falling down under the power is not a story. That being anointed and suddenly, much that you could not solve will become something that you can solve. That you could not prophesy, but suddenly you can prophesy. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can these dry bones live? 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 And he says, prophesy, son of man. Prophesy to dry bones. Dry bones that don't see where they can go. Dry bones that don't know where their future is going. Dry bones that don't know what is going to become of them. But the Bible said and the wind came as the man of God prophesied. And suddenly the bones began to join together. 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 And they became a mighty army. The bones began to join together. Come on somebody. And Father God, right now, let your Holy Spirit and your wind move through your people. Move through your people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm seeing it like a cloud in this place. I'm seeing it like a cloud in this place. We've done a lot of shouting, a lot of jumping, a lot of screaming, a lot of moving up and down. But an anointing, where Paul is just sitting there, he's blind and he doesn't want to eat. And by the time the scale falls off his eyes, he is a mighty preacher for the things of God. By the time the skill falls off his eyes, he is a great anointed one. Look at it happening. At what point was Joseph anointed to take over Egypt? Was it through a falling down and a screaming? But suddenly,
Come to me now. The one I sent to sit on my seats. Is there anointing oil or water? Any of them? Not too much. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands, everybody. Your faith is not in a man, it is in God touching you. Your faith is not in a man, it is in God touching you. Right now, as the instruments go louder and they play that song, receive the breath of God. Receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost. All over the room, all over the room, all over the room. All over the room, all over the room, all over the room. You see, I'm teaching you something. I'm teaching you something. Open your eyes, everybody. If you can learn this thing, I'm showing you. You would have learned how to receive from God. And you will not need any human being to come and lay hands on you again. Listen. Let me show you something. I was on a Zoom meeting. Kerubin was there. And we were on Zoom. And there was a lady who could not hear. I said, you are sitting on your bed. Receive your hearing right now. And as she was sitting there, her ears opened. And she could hear. Is it true? Even yesterday night, there was a lady. I don't know if she's here. I don't know if she's here with her mother. They called me yesterday that she was sick. And so I prayed for them over the phone. And she could not get out of bed. On the phone whilst we were talking, she lifted herself off the bed and started walking. And she was crying. There is a way to receive from God that moves beyond a hand of a man. I met Bishop Charles Ajinasari. When I met him, I said to myself, you know how the woman with the issue of blood said to herself, I'm going to touch. And when I touch, whether he is looking at me, he is focused on me, whatever, I am getting what I want and I am going. <laughs> when I met him, I said, I am getting what me, me, I want and I'm going. When I met him, I said I'll shake his hand. Unfortunately, you see, the goons, the big people were around him. So I couldn't see him and I started driving away. Not knowing, he and one of his assistants, they had walked to a corner and they were hiding. And that corner was where my car passed. Oh, Mali. When I passed there, I parked. When I parked, I got out of the car. Joseph Pupilampo, AJ, Caleb, they were all in the car with me. When I got down, they were all, ah, what is going on, what is going on, what is going on? I got down from the car and I walked to Bishop Ajinasari straight. By the time I said in my head, God, if this man shakes my hand, one, I've got his anointing. Look, there is a way to believe God. 
I was walking to him. Before I got to him, he stretched his hand out to greet me. Some people are not getting it. I said, hey God. When he stretched his hand, I held the hand. <laughs> I said, God bless you, sir. It's an honor to meet you. He said, what is your name? My name is Joel. He said, what? Well, not knowing. The squad two were behind me. They all came to greet some. But you see, like Jesus said, every, like the disciples said, everybody is touching you. Everybody is touching. There is handshake and there is handshake. We all greeted him. But by the time I came back for miracle service, receive your healing. Then people are healed. Do you know the beautiful one? When we finished, we took pictures with him. When we were leaving, he said, Oh, God bless. I said, You have stretched your hand again. One was enough. You have stretched your hand. Hey. I shook him again and I went. Ladies and gentlemen, no oil. No receive it, no laying on of hands, a simple handshake. Anybody who has grown up with me knows me. These eyes can see. But when I had that encounter, these hands could heal. Ladies and gentlemen, I was in this spring two weeks ago. There was a woman with arthritis. Now you were there. There was a woman with arthritis. I didn't even call her out. I ministered healing generally. She couldn't believe it. She came out and she was jumping and she was screaming all over. The pain that she had had for over six months, gone like this. The difference, listen, listen. Is God partial? Is God partial? So what I have done, you can do. What I have received, you can receive. Where people have gotten to, you can get there. The difference is if you believe it and you take your own this morning. Lift up your hands.